<laughs> What's you know what I don't get is in Italian restaurants. Italian. How are you supposed to say Italian? Uh, Italian. Italian. Yeah, if you're just a dumb American. <laughs> so if you're American, it's Italian. So I when I say Italian, well, is that wrong? It reminds me of Stuart's mom on Mad TV when she goes, people think you're Italian. <laughs> Why does she say that to Stuart? I think she asks him, now what does mama say about touching your, I don't, touching yourself maybe? And he goes, you say not to touch yourself because you'll get calluses and people with calluses will think you're Italian. <laughs> Or low class worker. It's something like that. Um, but I love to say Italian. I, I just I think it's right. It rolls off my tongue. It does sound nice. It sounds nice. I am a, a smidgen Italian. I learned from twenty three and me. Cool. We should get into the twenty three and me results. But back to Were the, you the Italian. Italian. No. Okay. I'm mostly Viking and uh, it's not a totally badasses. Oh, I, it says right there on my genetic breakdown, totally badass right at the top. Ninety nine point nine percent. Ninety nine point nine. Yeah. Mine said ninety nine point nine one. That you're Italian. No badass. Mm, you but you already said Italian, so you can't. Yes, I'm. So point you're zero nine <laughs> Italian. Oh, man. OK, so back to the Italian thing. What's up with spumoni ice cream? Spumoni or spumoni? Well, okay. Well, go ahead. And what is the crowd you say spumoni? What? What's up with it? It's fucking delicious. Well, it's weird because it's chocolate, it's mm. vanilla, mm. and then totally, completely random pistachio. Yeah. But m- even more correct, it's, it's chocolate, it's strawberry. And it's pistachio. Oh, wait. So there's not even vanilla no. in there? Mm-mm. Okay. Waste of time, vanilla. <laughs> vanilla is a total waste of time yeah. when it comes to spumoni. It's it, it's three flavors that, well, strawberry and chocolate make sense together, but the pistachio makes it a little, just unique enough to go, know. huh? But, mmm. I don't know how I feel about it. It's a weird flavor. It's totally random, which I usually appreciate, but it's like. It's kind of like, wh- huh? Why is there pistachio ice cream in here? And also, I've never seen pistachio ice cream at the grocery store or what? any ice cream place I go to. Where are you going? Um, a- any, you know, anywhere in America. Pistachio ice cream is everywhere. And Don't it's tell amazing. me pistachio ice cream is common. Wh- what? I hardly ever see it. You're not looking in the right spots. And you can't pretend like Spumoni's like, oh, yeah, Spumoni. You know, it's normal. Because oh. it's not normal. If anything's God. normal with those flavors, it's Neapolitan. That's the normal one. Mm, that's with vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. So you like Neapolitan? No, I don't like Neapolitan. Oh, what don't you like about that? I don't know. Just the flavors. I, I mean, I'll eat it. If it's, it has sugar in it, I'll enjoy it. Is it because there's no chunks of stuff? Like yummy chunks in the ice cream? Yeah. And, and so 99 out of 100 times, I'm picking ice cream that has some chunks in it. Yeah. Chocolate or anything other than non-chunky. If it's just straight ice cream, uh, vanilla, yeah. 
strawberry, yes, but it's pretty rare when I choose those. So spumoni is weird as shit. We did go to the old spaghetti, old spaghetti factory. <laughs> and how was the old spaghetti factory? <laughs> we all went for my grandma's ninetieth birthday, and when it came time, I think everyone said spumoni, and you said maybe vanilla, and I looked around and. The 20 people had spumoni and you're like, mm, vanilla. That's true. Everybody's every, every. So when I said, I'll have a vanilla, please. Everyone was like, you could hear a pin drop. Like everybody's <laughs> like, oh my, what? I mean, Kyle, we're all having spumoni, but I guess you can have vanilla if you want. Yeah. And I was the odd man out. But what did I do? I changed it to spumoni with the, that amount of peer pressure from your family. <laughs> And everybody's doing it. I had to. I had to switch it up and get it, and it was okay. I didn't. I don't. I don't. It's weird. Hmm. Not into it. Well, more for all of us then, I guess. All right. Well, you want to roll the thing? Welcome to Should We Get Married with Kylie and Kyle. First of all, I just want to, again, thank everyone for listening. It is it is such a huge deal for us, for me, um, to see and hear and, and talk to you guys and to have this interaction uh, through this podcast. It's really amazing, and thank you so much, and you know who you are, um, mm-hmm. and I think you're wonderful, and... It's really, it's really something special that people are listening and enjoying this podcast. Yeah, we're very humbled. Like Sup- on the daily, we'll get texts from people, from random people, from close people, and then we'll share them with each other and just feel. They're all day love. makers. Mm-hmm. All those texts, all the correspondence that we get back from people, they're all day makers, like beyond what I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Just, just support. Oh, and yeah, we got our first, our first fan video. Oh yeah, we do. Our yeah. friends who we get to see tomorrow, by the way, on the day we released the first episode, I think that very night they sent us a video, and it was like a spoof on the video that we released yeah. of them listening to our video, but in a um like a fast forward kind of style. And then it ends with her brushing her teeth. Oh, it was so oh. cool. It was so fun to watch. And um, we should post it. Yeah. We, yeah, we should. We, we will. Um, and if you want to, another big way to support should we get married is to leave a review and to rate, give us a rating over on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and mm-hmm. tell a friend. Yeah. And we appreciate you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You want to get into this topic, honey? Yeah, we're talking about swinging. We're talking about opening up a relationship, not ours. I mean, we'll talk about our opinion. Definitely not ours. But I have, (laughs) so I have um, two articles here, one of Mm. which is pro-swinging and pro-opening up a relationship, and one of which is... Anti? It's not anti. It is kind of like a level-headed... Mm-hmm. Uh, more a more level headed. It's not pro. It's not con. It's like here's here's um, here's what it is and what our opinion is or what what the studies have shown and what we think of it. Okay, so this first article is from SwingerLifestyle.com. Obviously pro 
swinger, obviously pro. The first the first image here on this article is a couple just kind of necking, looking all sexy. And the first thing it says is, according to studies, of which I don't know if it cites, it doesn't cite studies. So <laughs> take all this at a grain of salt. Um, according to studies, swingers are like every average person and not wild and sex crazed as the stereotypes make them out to be. The average age for women to start swinging is is 31.4 years of age. Ooh, I'm almost there. You're almost there. And that for men is 35.2 years of age. You're past. I, <laughs> I am <laughs> just past. Uh, most swingers have nearly 14.1 years of education. I don't know what what that means. Is that beyond high school? Does that if if that's well, grade school, school? Grade school and high school is 12 years, so that means like two years oh, of college. Fair point. Okay. I mean, if you're going to preschool, though, doesn't that count? So one year of college. All right, and then before that is you know. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 14.1 years of education and are equally distributed across political parties. On the other hand, 70, 72.1% of swingers uh, have religious affiliations as compared to only 61% of the general population. That's interesting. Because I thought it would be the opposite. I thought people without religious uh, affiliations, would more of them would be swinging. Mm-hmm. But it looks like according to these numbers that's not the case but so one of the most asked here here it says one of the most asked question regarding swingers is whether or not they are married Mm -hmm. as it turns out 89.4 percent of swingers are either married or in a committed relationship okay the relationship term lasts for an average of 10 years from this from this statistic, many studies conclude that many swingers might be middle-aged couples looking for overall change in their sex life. That makes sense. And here's here's the question: Are swingers happier than vanilla couples? Vanilla. Yeah, the average. Oh, because we don't fuck other people over vanilla. <laughs> don't shame our monogamous lifestyle, man. <laughs> Um, as with the previous question, one of the dominant questions that one might ask before entering the world of swinging is how happy swingers are as couples. Mm-hmm. To this effect, a study conducted showed that 78.5 of swinging couples are happier and more satisfied with their intimate life as opposed to 64% of the general couples. Okay. So again... I, that does not cite the statistic or where yeah. that study came from. Also, how do you measure happiness? Is it a survey? Well, I'm sure they just asked them and they're like, yeah, I'm happy. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Um, Such a uh, whimsical. And then down here it says studies note that those who might have been unhappy or dis- dissatisfied with their sex life experience a 90 0.4% increase in their happiness when they mm. start swinging. Overall, it seems that swinging adds a new and happy flavor to the lives of unhappy or bored couples. Okay. And that's kind of, that kind of wraps it up. And again, that's super pro and does not cite any of those studies or where those numbers come from. And somebody uh, will put this, that article up on the show notes. And if somebody finds those citations, um, just shoot us uh, a little note and, and let us know because I can't find them. 
This one is from psychologytoday.com, very prominent uh, website, and it has a lot of studies, peer-reviewed articles, and all kinds of things. A lot of it's op-ed, opinion-based, but it has um, kind of facts and science throughout, weaving Mm -hmm. throughout these articles. And this one is titled The Slippery Slope of Open Marriage. And this, honestly, like if I were to put my thoughts together before, before really diving into swinging or having an open relationship, this is what I would imagine it would be is kind of like a, Hey, uh, a couple would start this process of opening up their relationship. Be like, Hey, this will be fun. This, you know, we'll have this outside thing, but we'll always come back to each other type of vibe, overall vibe. But eventually it feels like it would fall apart. That's where my knee-jerk reaction goes to. What do you think? Same here. I think um, there's not a lot of jealousy present in our relationship. There's really, on my on my side, I'll speak for myself, there's no reason for me to feel jealousy. Um, yeah, me neither. It, which I have felt with uh, almost every relationship in the past. So it's a big change. But... Uh, I imagine I'd be very jealous. Um, Even if I decided for some reason that I was open to it, there's, there's no telling that that feeling wouldn't come up afterward. Right. And I think it would just like be there in the back of my mind all the time. Yeah. I think you would, or one would really have to commit. And I want, but I wonder if, just the inevitable feelings or what would seem inevitable feelings of jealousy and maybe some trust stuff would pop up because you're essentially giving your partner freedom to do things that are that you're breaking this like major cemented rule in a typical relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you're not sure where or what or how in in many cases. Yeah. But I, this article talks about rule setting and I want to okay. get into that. And so like I apparently for couples that are serious, setting firm uh significant principles and rules mm. are a part of having a healthy open relationship. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Right. Because I think the biggest the biggest fear probably would be that something that just was physical one time or two times or whatever would somehow down the road turn into an emotional feelings. Right. Totally. Right. And then the fear with like that person wanting to leave you for the, the fling. Yeah. And I already have, when I meet somebody who's friendly you know, you have those light flirtations, yeah. work flirt flirtations, or when you're out, you're just kind of, you're getting to know somebody on a surface level. Natural part of being a human. Natural part of communication, meeting somebody. <clears throat> These feelings pop up like, ooh, this person's really cool, mm-hmm. or or this person's really cute or beautiful, or I like what is going on here, the taste and, and the taste that they have in pop culture or whatever. Yeah, he's got a nice butt. Yeah, that's happening right there. It's firing off already. So feelings are already happening in such a way. But it's when you're starting to have sex with that and you're in a committed relationship, 
that's a whole nother level, man. I mean, that's a whole ball game because, I mean, you already have these feelings and they could easily cascade into stronger feelings, especially when you're having sex outside of the relationship. Well, yeah, that's exactly. And that's what I'm curious about is are as a swinger, are you pursuing a sexual encounter with someone that you already are interested in and Mm -hmm. have a have like noticed and have a connection with because that that would be the desire right is if i'm gonna go do this thing i want it to be exciting and awesome right or is one of the rules like there needs to be no strings attached no feelings like just go fuck somebody else i can't imagine it would be that but uh it just i agree it's it's a slippery slope it's a slippery slope okay so and can i just say yeah this entire uh, idea is would be completely foreign to me yeah. Oh, yeah. Me that too. Is, that that's my stance, and I I wouldn't judge anyone else, but it's not for me. Well, let's get into our opinions after I read some okay. of this stuff. Yeah, and go ahead. for the record, though, uh, I I agree. I'm in line with that one, um, but I have some words on it. Think so. God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think we'd still be together if I was like, ah, I need an open relationship. Uh, nope. Because uh, I think that would come up early on, or I'd maybe say, it doesn't. I'd say good luck. Maybe it doesn't because I have no idea what it's like to have a 20 year relationship. Well, that's after you talk about this article. That's what I want to get into is like a hall pass situation after 10, 20 years that I think some people might or might not do. Right. (laughs) Not nobody I know has done it, but I think it was a movie or something. So it definitely happens. If it's a movie, it happens. (laughs) (laughs) If it's a movie, it's happened. Um, Okay. So. Again, the title of this article is The Slippery Slope of Open Marriage. And then the byline is... Open marriage specifically, not open relationship. Yeah, but it goes into some other things. Okay. Um, The byline is... Hi, it's Kylie. Hey, it's Kyle, and you're listening to Should We Get Married? It's a podcast about... Life. And love. And relationships. And our relationship... In inappropriate, nitty-gritty, messy stuff. Yeah, we get into the nooks and crannies of day-to-day relationshiping. Yeah, we're just skimming the surface so far, so it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird, and we would like to invite you along on this open-minded journey of communicating through uh, our relationship. Yep, everyone's welcome. And we're talking about, should we get married? Should anyone get married? Mm-hmm. A dynamic more complex than you think, which of course that makes sense. Yeah. The other article is just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's it's, start swinging. Everybody should do it. <laughs> um, this is for serious people. So, okay. So there's a couple of statistics here I want to read. Um, uh, incidents. So rates of open marriage in the United States are somewhat dubious, but spanning estimates have ranged from 1.7% to 9%. Hmm. Uh, people are in an open relationship of marriages. Nine percent of married people at one point seven to nine percent. So there okay. is a range. Okay, because you can't ask everyone, and not okay. everyone's comfortable um, 
you know, with their, uh, letting their privacy out. Okay, so as with anything controversial, camps have formed for and against the lifestyle. Those against it claim religious and moral reasons, health concerns, and concerns about its effect on child rearing, to name a few. Those who support open marriage claim it is a far more interesting way to live, and it provides a better support system for all parties. While the debate rages on, all sub-factions seem to agree that open marriage can pose a serious threat to the primary relationship of certain rules Mm. to protect its long-term viability. Does it say what the rules are, typically? Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. Okay. So this this uh, psychologist has treated several open marriages, uh, most polyamorous. That mm, means more than one yeah. partner. And his perspective uh, of the biggest threat to marriage is indeed when one of the partners breaks one or more of the pre-established rules. So again, okay. back to what I was saying earlier is you have to set some firm rules. And then the potential for breaking those rules is pretty good. So one, for example, down here further, it says one of the rules is you can only sleep with a certain amount of people a certain amount of time per month or year or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Right. And with a monogamous relationship, there's one rule. That's like you just know sleeping with somebody else. That's it. And that seems <laughs> that seems a lot easier to deal with. Mm hmm. Because, like, if you like having sex with somebody um, outside of the relationship a little bit more and you have sex one more time and the other partner finds out about that, that's a huge red flag on top of already murky gray areas. And you're like, whoa, okay, so all of a sudden do you have feelings for this person? And that's where it says in this article relationships will fall, they'll crumble. Hell yeah. Yeah. Back to the feelings thing. Back to the, oh, are you falling for these other people or this person? um, This isn't 100% true, but for everybody, but sex is better when you have an emotional connection and an intimacy level that makes it more intense and exciting and all of those things. So I imagine that's what... uh, people uh naturally move towards yeah and the rest of this article states exactly the the scenario that we're talking about it just it talks about this stuff where it's it's limiting something that you're trying to raise the limits on already instead of just saying like a blanket it's it's almost like an abstinence thing it's almost like if you just don't do the thing, then you don't have to worry about all these other subsets of rules and red tapes and areas to navigate and feelings to navigate and physical things to worry about. Because not only are are you worried about the feelings, but is, are, is my partner pr- protecting uh, him or herself while yeah. while they're going out and doing this thing, or did they or that did they get comfortable with this person or are they getting comfortable with the whole situation and they're starting to not use protection 
or they slip up one time and they didn't tell you and they and they happen to bring back you know yeah. hpv or something like that into the relationship back to uh the recall of episode one where we talk about hey we're not going to be able to sleep or get to know yeah. sleep with or get to know somebody else ever again in this way <clears throat> and i think that if you're swinging, that could mend that issue. And that has the potential to mend that worry, that that issue. Well, that just made me think of something, okay. which is I feel like we're mostly talking about having an open relationship, which is you go find someone and have a, a sexual encounter. You or I, yes. But swinging, right. that's typically two couples that swing with each other's partners, isn't it? Well, I think like this, all of this stuff can fall under the same category. When I was thinking about discussing this, I, and obviously I'm not into it, but I was thinking like, who in the world, if we decided to do that, who would I ever want to swing with? And I can say a hundred percent that I would never want to swing with any friends that we already have. That would be the weirdest concept to me in the entire world is like, swinging with one of my friends partners and then having to go about being friends that is even more foreign to yeah, me totally and, and and people do that yeah um and i don't know how because you just you're hanging out as friends after that and going on with your lives and also going on being a friend and that to me would uh would taint a friendship i feel like it would end Eventually, yeah. however quick or however long, it's going to take a nosedive at some point in time. Something's going to get weird. Um, and because uh, not only are you swinging with these people, but it's like if you want to take a little break or whatever, the, the, now now uh, insecurities flare up like, oh, well, why do you guys want to take a break? Or I haven't gotten a phone call in a little while. What's mm. going on over there? Are we still yeah. friends? Are we still having sex together? It's all messy. Wow, that is messy. Yeah. And as you said, it's a whole trust thing with your partner. But how about if you're swinging with people you know? And how about your trust with that friend now? Yeah. And okay, so we have a hard enough time sometimes aligning our when we want to have sex. (coughs) Imagine if one of if your partner wanted to go and swing, but you're like, I don't really feel like it tonight. And this partner is like, no, I really want to go. And now you're like how bad do you want to go, man? Like, yeah. And uh, dude. And then if you don't swing, but your partner does, maybe then jealousy pops up. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. Because they're out doing it and you're not. That's another thing too. Cause like maybe somebody in the relationship doesn't need to do it. And the other one does. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, Oh, why do you want to, why do you need to go swing? Why don't you want to do it with me right now? Yeah, exactly. That like gotta be a big thing. It's dude. Okay, unless so, there's an underlying understanding that those people right. have laid a foundation of. Don't take it personally. I mean, gosh. I yeah, you really have to cross a bridge and commit and let go of a lot of things. And uh, let me get to how I feel about this. I think, for me personally, I'm not interested. Um, in doing this. However, that I don't know what it's like to be together with somebody for over 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like. I have no idea what that looks like or how that feels. 
And maybe that it might seem like a good idea at some time. And uh, it might be, it might, that it might be a good answer to something. It has potential to be a good answer. There's, there's positives to it. I can, I don't want to, cause I don't know how I'll be in the future. I don't know my future self. Well, it's the same as me saying, I don't want kids, but I don't know if I want kids in five years or 10. It totally changed my mind. Yeah. And so, but now I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in opening up a relationship. Um, it just sounds like there's too much messiness to deal with Mm -hmm. and clean up and have to clean up. And relationships are already really hard. And I understand the sense of security, but also having the freedom to basically date. Um, because I feel that way. I feel like that would be best of both worlds anyways. Um, but what are your thoughts? (laughs) Well, as you were talking, I was thinking about, I wonder if a stepping stone to swinging is having a threesome because you're kind of entering other waters, but trying it out together. So it's not like as much of a uncomfortable thing. Uh, But I guess that would depend on if it were a, a male or a female person that was joining you and if there, if any jealousy popped up with that, but Right. Um, I feel the same way. This, when you say, I don't know how I'll feel 10, 20 years from now, I feel that way about everything. Right. Because we have no idea. I can't predict the future. Yeah, totally. I know what my beliefs are and um, I feel pretty strongly that I'll never be open to an open relationship or swinging. Yeah, I'm with you there. Me too. Um, But a concept I find really interesting is like the whole hall pass thing, which is... Man, I wish I remember what, again, movie that was from, but I know what happens in real life, which is, oh, it was Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) At their 10-year anniversary, like when they got married, she said he could sleep with someone else one time. Mm -hmm. And he remembered that forever. And he took it very seriously at 10 years. And he Mm -hmm. brought it back up and he started talking about it. And she was like, are you serious? And he went and did it. (laughs) Using a television show as an example, though. Guess what? Television is created because life is a thing and muses come from life and art is created. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Just be nice to have like a real example though. Instead well, of, do you know anyone that's had a whole no, pass? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'd love to hear from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be way, well, that's probably also a stepping stone to swinging, but I'd be way more open to that. But, really, but only I think it would only work if you both got the hall pass. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Like if one of you is going to do it, that's a I'm, deal breaker. I'm not. I mean, I agree. I would be way more in that scenario if I were to choose swinging or opening up the relationship or a one hall pass. I'd be much more open to a hall pass, but I don't want to do that either. Me neither. Um, there's some, I just feel like there's would be something wrong if I didn't want to turn to you and say, let's try something together rather than, Hey, I really need to go the other direction and try something with someone else. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, um, (laughs) that about does it for that. Yeah. That topic was, someone asked us to talk, talk about this topic and I don't think we otherwise would have. Yeah. So thank you so much for that suggestion. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
it's something that I, I like to talk about all of this stuff because I get to know you better and mm-hmm. I get to know myself better through these conversations. And it's just fun to have like a safe environment to talk about this stuff with you. It's nice. Yeah. It's my number one favorite thing about this podcast is we're talking about stuff that no one likes to talk about. Yeah. Well, not um, no one. Like our fr- we were talking with our friends about it last night, but yeah, that's because of the podcast. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You want to move on to your favorite segment? Me likey, me no likey. Can I do a thing? Yeah. Can I sing a song and oh. then you say the title? Okay. A jingle? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's cold outside, but it's hot in your butt. Me likey, me no likey. And for those who haven't heard this before, what is it? What are we doing? This short little segment is a chance for Kyle and I to each share something we really like that um, the other does and something we cannot stand that the other person does. Mm -hmm. And we encourage everyone to do a little me likey, me no likey with your partner. Uh, Some people have been texting us that they try it out. Yeah. And it leads to some funnies and some other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It might lead to uh, some not funnies. And we keep it pretty lighthearted, though. Yeah. We try and keep it lighthearted and and stuff on the surface. But you know what? I'm going to get into some hard stuff. Oh, great. So wait, really? Prepare yourself. Yeah. Really? Like some things I have to work to not take personally. Yep. Great. Maybe not today, but it's coming. Oh, okay. I it's thought you coming. meant today, so I was getting nervous. Okay. Me no likey when you oh boy. set the the bedroom clickers where I can't reach them. And by clickers, I mean TV remotes. <laughs> and I'm not even sure if you do it on purpose or not. But. No, what? I don't do that on purpose. Well, I've just brought it up so many times and you've never changed (laughs) your behavior. (laughs) Hey, side note, if these are the things that I don't like the most, I think we're doing pretty good because they're so nitpicky. That's true. But I honestly can't stand it. Uh, It makes me livid when I get into bed and I get all situated. Like I should probably check first, but I get all situated with my pillows and in the covers. It takes you a while to get situated. Yeah, exactly. And I reach over for the clicker. Are they on your nightstand, which is right next to the bed that has three empty shelves on it with plenty of space for clickers? No. They're on the floor, under random pillows, tucked under the bed, wherever you tossed them. And I have to feel around. and I have to get unadjusted out of bed and roll over there and sometimes get out of bed and go find them. And it drives me insane. Okay, so... First of all, we fall asleep to television every night, nightly, most yeah. nights. Right now it's right, the office. Right now we're on an office run. I think it's our second, third season or third time watching the this, the series. Together, yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I, so, and then I usually set the timer on the TV for it to shut off automatically and we fall asleep to the show and it shuts off. But when I do that, I usually... <laughs> We'll just set the controllers on the ground because I'm laying on my back I and know. I just set them on the ground. Uh-huh. And that's the easiest thing and most comfortable thing for me to do. And it's hard to reach back into the left and oh. set them on the nightstand, which I do occasionally. Okay. Let me ask you a question. But before you ask me that question. Nope. I don't do this on purpose. It's just. Okay. 
Fair Here, enough. And here's the thing is I you've clearly thought hard about this and a lot of mm-hmm. a lot on this topic and when it, something makes you that mad it's and easy it clearly to bothers you a lot <laughs> yeah and, i'm grumpy at night remember and i and i just want to say this uh-uh. i'm not gonna change <laughs> okay it's not happening <laughs> that's fine i have a question though okay when you are done on your phone where do you put your phone to charge for the night well it's on the nightstand why because it's a f- it's my phone but i thought it was my too l- hard and tricky to reach back and set something on the nightstand okay fair enough the <laughs> phone's a thousand dollars it goes on the nightstand if i bought a thousand dollar remote would you put it on the nightstand oh yeah okay. it w- i would set it on a little pillow a little tuft of pillow you know, with a little, its own little <laughs> lamp to turn off and on at night. I'd be like, here you go, little buddy. Have a nice, nice sleep tonight. All right. I would sleep better, too. I'm going to do some shopping after this. <laughs> do, do not buy a $1,000 <laughs> remote control. You said it. You can't take it back. Moving uh, on. All right. <laughs> okay. Me likey that you call me honeybee. Oh, yeah. Uh, my middle name is B, B-E-A. Short for Beatrice. uh, Yeah, technically, I think my great-grandma's name was Beatrice, so they gave me B. Which is a great name. Yeah. And you, years ago, started calling me Honey Bee, which no one has ever called me before. And it totally makes sense and fits together. But it gives me the most, it's the most endearing nickname that anyone has ever called me in my whole life. And I get... Um, I get all the warm and fuzzies when you call me Honey Bee, no what? matter what. And well, I love it. I love calling you Honey Bee. It's just so sweet. Never what, stop. This. What's up with people getting uncomfortable with their middle names? Like, what? You know, it's yeah. it's kind of a thing, right? Where people are like, no, I'm not telling you my middle name. Yeah. What, what, what's up with what's that? Uh, close-minded. Like, it's just a name. It's just yeah. your middle name. Like. Yeah. Big deal. Okay. Can I get to <laughs> sure. my, uh, okay. So I always like to start off with bad news first. Yep. And this one's a real oh. sizz, sizzling it's zipper. Humdinger. It's a real sizzling zipper. And I want you to be prepared for this mentally. Okay. Give me the sizzling because zipper. Because it's, it's a real issue. Oh, crap. It's an actual real issue. It's not like remote Worse controls. Worse than being grumpy at night? No, but it does, it is, it has some common traits to that. And here it is. Me no likey. Oh. You hit the snooze oh. way too fucking much. This isn't that serious. Yes, it is. It's as bad as the clickers. No, it is not. <laughs> You're waking me up, man. It's, you hit that thing like uh, at least three times every single morning and it's loud and annoying. And then also sometimes that expands all the way to 10 times. Sometimes you'll wake up oh, uh, uh, and hit it. Ten times. And here's the other kicker. You set your alarms on the weekends when you don't need to get up. <laughs> yeah, but I set it for like 9 a.m. And guess what? You hit the snooze on the weekends, man. I hit end. When you don't even need to have an alarm on. I'll tell you what. I didn't set one this morning. Yeah, and that was very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. Uh, Let let me just defend myself. All right. Can't can't be done, (laughs) to be honest. I will say that... There's nothing you can say. I agree, it is annoying. Okay, I like that. However, uh, I don't even know that I'm doing it. It's like uh, 
I'm so immune to the alarm at this point. That's why I try and change my alarm tone. These are all excuses and not cool. I don't think I don't think I even wake up to hit snooze. I do it half asleep. And I'm a terrible at waking up. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, and maybe you should go to bed earlier if you don't want to get woken up early. Me? Wait, what? <laughs> it's no, you cannot turn this back into me no let me just move on to me i've had to get up at 5 a.m all week and okay it's waking you up i know it's waking you up too early but what are you talking about i've been getting up to take you to the train in the morning just making excuses (laughs) yeah and i've been awesome you have been awesome okay interesting work on it Thank you. All right. So can I move on to me likey? Yeah. Okay. Please. We've already talked about this a little bit, but I I likey that you are in search and rescue. I think it's such an incredible thing that you do and volunteer your time and vol- and put your sometimes your life at risk, although you're not really in much of a harrowing situation. You're it's mostly on hiking trails and you're surrounded by um other volunteers and uh, first responders and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I think it's so amazing. You put your time and your money and your energy and your focus all into this thing, which is kind of opposite to the snooze button because when you need to go on a mission, you're up and at them. When you need to go to your training, you're up and at them. So when you need to do something other than your nine to five, (laughs) you'll you'll get up and go, um, which is a testament to you and your character and your wonderful ability to really lock in and accomplish something worthwhile. Wow. And I really think it's super cool to be uh, in search and rescue. That's, that's badass territory. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's incredible, honey. I love it. Awesome. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, it's a really cool thing to do. I encourage anyone who's even slightly interested to look into it. Also just to mention you trained for search and rescue back in the day. Yeah, but I with the with the band I was in at the time we were we were things were happening, we were touring and stuff. So I couldn't I made it through barely the amount of training you have. Mm-hmm. And it takes a that training's not easy. It is hard. It's yeah, it's, it's hard, hard mentally and physically and it's a real chain of command situation, so you have to mind your P's and Q's and really show up mentally and um I think it's, I didn't make it as far as you. So, Mm. um, I definitely look up to you there. Thanks honey. It was also different back then. I think we've talked about this and you did it for King County and I'm in Snohomish County. The training's very different. Yeah. It's a lot more intensive now. And I think they've added, yeah, they've added stuff, but. Okay, so let's uh, let's rip into this next topic really quick and then maybe we should wrap it up. I want to talk about what. How many times uh, as a couple we should be having sex? Frequency. The free, the frequency of sex. Mm-hmm. Because often there, often times week, a week will go by and, <clears throat> or a month will go by and I'm like, how many times or are we on a regular schedule or is there something going on to where we're not really you know, connecting as much as we should. And that kind of stuff pops up. And I'm just wondering what is the, is there a correct amount? Is there a healthy amount of times we should be having sex and all that? I have a answer for that. Oh, please. And I think the answer is there is no answer. 
and every couple is different and um every individual is different so that's for everyone to figure out on their own that being said dr drew says a healthy average is one and a half times a week yeah that sounds right well i have so i agree with everything you're saying 100 percent. but it's still like that's like the hard data that's the science of it but when you wrap into feelings and your routines and the things you have to sacrifice during the week it's it's it things kind of it gets murky it gets it can get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and um it can get a little tougher than like oh well we haven't had our sex one and a half times this week <laughs> better never. do it yeah. it's time to schedule it up i never um I'm like asking myself at the end of the week, what the, did it go correctly or not? You're asking me though. (laughs) You've said it out loud. Like, oh, we didn't have sex this week. (laughs) Yeah. Like a few times. Uh, uh, how do you feel about it? What do you think the right answer is? I happen to have the right answer in my hands right here. On Google? Well, it's a USA it Today, and it's a... Oh, they're trusting. And, well, here, check this out. Listen okay. to this. Okay. A 40-year study that surveyed Damn. more than 30,000 Americans eh. found in 2015 that couples who have sex once a week are the happiest. Again, how are you measuring happiness? But that's nice. Once yeah. a week? That's doable. Yeah, there's some nuances anybody. there to... to um, to figure out, but it's. I wonder if age has a play in that. Well, there, this article, and we'll we'll link this in the show notes. This it does have age, and it kind of breaks it down. I'd into, actually be really interested to see where it goes from like twenty years old through middle age, and then like if there's a spike again at seventy when you're you're at the old folks' home, just like banging other old folks. <laughs> That's true, man. Those old folks' home, those retirement homes. <laughs> They're just let's talk about open relationship, man. They're having a blast. You in got there. nothing to lose at that point. You got nothing to lose. You got nothing but time, and what? there's a whole bunch of also, hot little numbers in there for you. Uh, hot little ditties. Also, not much time left to fuck around. So That's go true. For it. That's true. So you're kind of you're looking at your watch, going, oh, I got a couple of years left. Might as well better start working up a boner. <laughs> Might as well get it in there. <laughs> Good luck. All right, honey. Um, oh, wait. One more thing. Yeah. I think, was it us talking about this or some another podcast? But I think it's uh, quality over quantity. Okay. Because we're, we're, we're pretty frequent. But when those uh, little uh, bouts happen where we'll like skip a week uh-huh. or skip a certain amount of time or like, one of us is sick or something like that and we've waited a little too long and then it happens it's even better yeah that can yeah for sure that yeah. definitely happens too so just like ready. And, uh, oh by the way we don't have kids so that's a whole nother i can't even i can't even imagine what that's like to find time oh. to have sex with your partner yeah actually good point we can do it whenever we want wherever we want yeah okay so um what are we doing next? What's on the net? We're doing a bonus episode. The, th- the, the wrap up. And oh my oh, God, the second one, shit. the sec part two was so crazy. Yeah. I wonder if people have listened to it as you're listening to this yet. Cause 
it was intense for both of us. It was nuts, man. I and honest, I cried. <laughs> yeah, it, and I felt I just felt like uh, really, really vulnerable and um, open. You know, just like raw, really raw in a good way. Um, but it was still really intense and really amazing. And on the next episode of Should We Get Married is a bonus episode, our third bonus episode, which is part three of the 36 questions that lead to love from mm-hmm. the New York Times. And we're going to ask ourselves the last 12 questions of this uh, this uh, thing. Yeah. And I assume there are even more intense questions, but part of me wonders if maybe the second set for some reason was more intense for you and I, just because it was a lot, a lot of family stuff and right. bad memories. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it again, um, although uh, I'm ready, I'm prepared to go all the way, totally honest, yeah. totally open. Me too. Um, so that's on, that's on our next episode, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And it means so much to us, again. Please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review and uh, tell a friend. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, that's where we we're doing Instagram stories and we're doing a couple live videos here and there as we're recording. So it's a good place to follow. It's home base. Yeah. For Should We Get Married podcast. Yeah. You can ignore our Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Facebook's just... Yeah. We have it just to have it. But go to um, SWGM pod on Instagram. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.